0: What's up, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. All right, and welcome in to a special edition episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Joined in from Kentucky by Dylan, and by Stephen over in Seattle. Guys, how are you doing? Doing what great, up? man. Super doing excited. Doing All right, and that excitement is probably because of our, of our guest that we have on this show. Uh, so we have the pleasure of introducing someone who's, who is truly. Known in Thunder circles as far as the media goes, he's a former Thunder beat writer for the Norman Transcript, uh, a former blogger ex- or a former blogger extraordinaire on Locked on Thunder, um, mm-hmm. podcaster extraordinaire, not blogger, I don't know why I put that there, uh, a former Celtics beat writer for Mass Live, and the current Wizards beat writer for The Athletic, and the current host of the Wizards After Dark podcast. He's the provider of all puns, good and bad, <laughs> he's none other than Fred Katz. Fred. Mostly how are you bad.
1: Doing? I'm good. They're <laughs> mostly bad. You don't have to say good and bad. There's no hedge there.
0: Well, I mean, when it when it when it comes to puns, like the bad ones are usually the best. That's
1: that's quite an intro. Do you go on my LinkedIn? That's, <laughs> that's a heck of an intro.
0: I mean, hey, if you want intros, you need to talk to Dylan. Dylan's the man with the intros. I, I I tried to I tried to do it the same way he would, but I know he would do it better. So that's the man you need to talk to for your LinkedIn intro.
2: I I left Andrew Schleck speechless. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it wouldn't be it wouldn't be incorrect
3: to say that Fred is the inspiration for our nightly recaps, right? With with Thunder After Dark last season, I mean, really, for the inspiration for an entire culture of nightly recaps that sprung up on Thunder Twitter. There's what three of them right now? <laughs> Four?
1: <laughs> well, there we go. People like people eat up the post game stuff people right. love people love the post game stuff now i'm doing it with the wizards people people love the immediate reaction post game stuff that's up the next morning so uh if you guys want next time i'm on you can say uh my my 11th grade internship was at a place called dan's papers as well <laughs> you can put that on
3: you write that down right just so send, yeah, send,
1: send, it send it to <laughs> um, no, I got, it us. <laughs> i i uh, i can send you my like transcripts as well from high school and all that stuff we can get that on there too
0: a young Fred Katz high school transcript. That would be awesome.
1: They're not It'd impressive.
0: <laughs> It'd be interesting to see how that, what that looks like.
1: Extremely uh, unimpressive. A lot of comments about about misbehaving in class.
0: Were you a talker? Oh yeah. Is oh, that yeah. a shock? No, it's <laughs> not. Not at all. Did you did you have puns back then?
1: Oh yeah, always, always. <laughs> that was always a thing. Quick, that's witty, from my man. dad. That's from my dad. my 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 first words were probably something along those lines.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, kind of moving on to to the current state of things when it comes to you. Um, so, the Wizards. So, when you when you took this job uh, with the Athletic over in Washington D.C., did you think uh, that it was going to be as interesting as it has been this season?
1: The the actual Wizards.
0: Yes, like in terms actual.
1: of all the drama, um, I, yeah. I, I anticipated some amount of drama. I mean, coming into the year, I think a lot of people made the joke that it was going to be they were going to be the first team to a players only meeting. Uh, uh-huh. Technically, technically, they were not. The Wolves knocked it out during the preseason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually, the, the amazing upside of the year is I think the Wizards, at least that we know about, have not technically had a players only meeting they've had a lot of individual meetings, but they've not had like an official closed doors, like post-game players only meeting or something like that, which is kind of a shocker. Uh, I thought there would be something along those lines. I knew there was some amount of locker room discord coming into the year, but I didn't necessarily anticipate all of this falling down to the way that it has, that they're you know, nine games under 500 at the time that we're recording this and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had the problems, and now Wall is out for the year. And it seems like every two weeks, something wild, uh, something different that's wild happens. Uh, whether it's injuries, whether it's on the court, whether it's off the court, and and yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily anticipate that a team that could be so far below five hundred could still have so much big news spring up every other day.
0: <laughs> it keeps you working, huh?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's the worst part.
3: did uh did did dwight howard sign up with the wizards before or after you did
1: before i came i actually moved to dc so i moved to dc the day before uh media day like i moved i moved down here what was it september 23rd and media day was the 24th or something like that 22nd and media day was the 23rd so i like my first day at the athletic was media day there's wow. a quick turnaround, yeah. And Dwight signed in like middle of July.
0: So, so let me ask you this: I, 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 this is just this is just me asking you this because I thought it was interesting that at the end of last season, um, so you got the job with uh, Massachusetts Live with Mass Live uh, to be a Celtics beat writer, and then about a month or two, you know, month or two later, you were with the Wizards. Um, you know your your stay with with the Celtics was about as long as Carmelo's with the Hawks. Uh, so so kind of what what happened there? did I mean, I know you wrote some things for Mass Live, um, but was it just a better opportunity with uh, with the athletic over in in d c?
1: Yeah, that was it. Mass live was great. It's a wonderful place to work. it was it was just, you know something something came up totally on it. Like I did not expect this job to come up when I went to Boston. Uh, if I did, I probably would have handled the situation differently. But uh, things come up and you jump on the opportunity and you have great opportunity to work for an awesome company like The Athletic and work for David Aldridge and, um, you know, cover our cover team in, in a really interesting way, journalistically, with the way that we do with kind of long form, in-depth stuff. Um, they want long analysis. They, they want great features. And you don't necessarily have to be, um, you know, doing the day-to-day work that, that you're doing in other places uh and and yeah i mean the transcript was an awesome place to work and mass lab was an awesome place to work and this was just a little bit of a different opportunity and uh i felt like i had to felt like i had to take it
3: well let's hope that uh this job at the athletic isn't your mellow with the rockets moment yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: hey <laughs> hey i've made it longer i've already made it longer
0: <laughs> right.
1: it could be my it You're even past my trevor ariza with the sun's moment
0: <laughs> yeah hey
2: Fred how awesome is it to work for David Aldridge like you know we, we've we seen him on TNT all these years uh, What what's it like to actually work with him it's awesome he's the best
1: it's great because like you're working with someone who's literally a hall of famer like he is actually a hall of famer and so like he he says things to me and they are like you know for the most part I work pretty independently Um, And David will reach out and be like, hey, you know, I had this idea of a thing you could include every once in a while. It's never like you should write this. But I had this idea of a thing you could either write on or a thing that you could include. And it's legitimately always been a really good idea. And usually when a boss will text me something, um, you know, will text me something that's just kind of like a small thing. Like it's never never worth fighting against if you like your boss. Right. And I've been fortunate Mm -hmm. enough to where I've always liked my bosses you're just like okay yeah sure and you kind of include it because they're your boss and you're good and with david i'm like uh i mean i i better include this because it's obviously so much better (laughs) so like yeah it's uh it's it's great he just he makes you a lot better he's there to help he's like he's really an awesome guy um he's a great great guy and he's awesome work for it's been great
3: I just need a number from you. How many days a week does he wear his Hall of Fame jacket into the office?
1: <laughs> we don't even have offices. If okay. he did, I imagine okay. he did. if I were him, I would be I would be wearing pins and hats and everything. <laughs> I would just be I would just be flipping people off as I walked in and screaming it at them.
0: Flexing on them. <laughs> flexing on them, yeah. Um, sure. So so a- as we go throughout this, we do have a couple or a lot of Twitter questions actually. Way to go fans. Yeah, way to go fans. So way to go listeners. So we're going to go ahead and give you some of these uh, Twitter questions. Uh, So we'll we'll mention their names before we do that. So uh, Melinda Redman at MKR two four zero zero asks, what is your comparison of the wizards and thunders organizations and fan bases? Uh, So let's do organizations first. Like, are they, are they run differently? Is it a different culture?
1: Um, It is definitely a different culture. The Thunder are, um, I would say, a lot more buttoned up. Like the Thunder are, the Thunder are probably the most buttoned up team in the league. Very businesslike, very professional. You go in their locker room, usually not a lot of music being played unless it's a Victor Oladipo season.
0: Yeah.
1: Usually, um, usually very quiet. Not a lot of chat going on. Um, and I think that goes beyond just Russell's personality. I think that's also Sam Presti's personality, because I think the entire organization is like that. And it, that goes into the whole thing of like they're very tight-lipped, they don't leak stuff. Um, I think it's just for the most part uh, kind of a, a very it's a very very straight organization. Uh, the Wizards, I think, are looser. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you see kind of more independence of personality there, um, where the Thunder is is a lot more of a strict place, I would say. Um, okay. And then what was the other one, the fan base?
0: The fan base, yeah.
1: Um, Thunder fans are more passionate. Uh, Wizards fans are more depressed. <laughs> I, I think like, I don't, I think, I think like, OKC fans, especially at the games, like comes out the most of the games, Like like the crowd at the peak is it's it's like a top three crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say OKC. There's like a tied spot for one, like OKC, Oakland,
3: oh, very and, diplomatic of you, and
1: Portland. Well, okay, if you can <laughs> if you can decipher between loudness of crowds with just yeah, the right, naked ear,
0: right. then
1: you're allowed to give me crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say Oakland, OKC, and Portland are the best crowds. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean the Wizards. Like every once in a while, I'll tweet out photos and just like make fun of their crowds for not for not showing up, and not but, like, being there. But like at That's the same awesome. time, like the Thunder are always good. The Thunder have never had a time where they haven't been either new or good. Yeah. Uh, they were bad their first year, and then they've been good, literally at the very least good, mm-hmm. every literally every single year since. So people show up. And the Wizards don't have that sustainability at all, and are obviously now well below 500. So uh, that definitely factors into it, and and the fact that it's just kind of a core that's gone stale factors into it too, I imagine. But um, yeah, I mean, even if the Wizards are really good, that that crowd's not reaching the, it's not reaching OKC levels.
0: Yeah, no, understandable. Like I, I went to a I went to an Indiana Pacers game a couple years ago. This is why it about ten years ago and literally i started up at the top um in in, in their loud city mm-hmm. and i ended up by the court by the end of the end of the night that's how empty the arena was and that's how lax the ushers were just like hey every you know go ahead whatever go right ahead um so it was yeah i, I can imagine some nights in washington it's, it's like that um so were you totally shocked by the john wall news um because that, that kind of surprised Every one of us, um, as far as the uh, the lay fan, was that something that maybe you saw coming? Uh, was it an injury to where, if the if the Wizards were in the thick of a playoff hunt, maybe he would have held off until the off season?
1: No, I think that he was going to be out. For, you're talking about the bone spur specifically, like just the, like being out here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't shocked by it at all. Um, I mean, I didn't necessarily expect that it was going to happen right there and then that day. But I wasn't shocked by it. Um, he has been complaining about the heel for a little while now. Um, I know some people have started to say like, well, you know, people talk about his effort. Look at what he's dealing with with the heel. He's had the bone spurs for, for four or five years, according to him. And they really started causing him pain about four weeks ago at a game, three and a half weeks ago at a game they played at Cleveland. And he was just, you could tell he just looked, he looked terrible. Uh, he, he had a career low one point and he didn't make a basket for the first time ever when he was playing. I think the first time ever. Uh, definitely a career low one point. And he was like over for 6 from the field and he just looked awful. They lost in Cleveland. He didn't move on defense like to really an unbelievable degree. And uh, after that, he just kind of went in and out of the Bonespurs hurting to where he couldn't play. He sat out a couple of games. They said he was sick a couple of times. They still say he was sick those times, but the he also says he was going in now the bone spurs hurting him. And sometimes he looked like he could move, and sometimes he looked like he couldn't. And uh, yes, yeah, so no, I, I I wasn't surprised by it. When bone spurs start hurting you that much, they're gonna start digging into something, and uh, yeah. and, and and you got to deal with them at some point.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, obviously Wall's a huge piece of that Wizards team. Um, with his injury being out, what do you think that means for Bradley Beal? He's going to get the ball a lot.
1: I mean, I, I think they're going to try to run more pick and rolls with him. The last two games without Wall, uh, Beal's been blitzed pretty hard on pick and rolls. He's been he's been trapped coming around, like when he curls around, uh, you know, when he runs those curls off pin downs um, and that kind of stuff uh, at the elbow, and the top of the key. And if their teams are sending two defenders at him, I mean, I think that means Beal is kind of a ball-sharer. I I think that's how he likes to play for the most part. He's going to take the most shots. He's going to take a lot of shots. But I don't don't really think he's a majorly ball-dominant guy. When he takes shots, a lot of them are, you know, coming as catch and shoots. A lot of them are him coming off those curls and that kind of stuff. So I, I don't think he's necessarily going to dominate the ball that much. So last game, they, which was against the Hornets, they threw 381 passes, according to the second spectrum data, which is 100 more passes than they average on the season. Like, they are going to have mm. to share the ball a lot. And that's a wild number, and they play very well offensively, and passing a lot is not necessarily correlating with scoring a lot, uh, but – they they are going to share the ball a lot. They're going to pass the ball a lot. I think they're going to reconfigure some of their screening offense to try to figure that kind of stuff out, especially with Thomas Bryant. And uh, and and they're just going to kind of hope that Satoransky and Beal are able to carry their their creation play high enough.
3: Yeah, that's something I remember from last year when Wall missed some time, um, and the that's when you had those Gortat quotes, <laughs> the infamous Gortat quotes about oh, John yeah. Wall. <laughs> so. I'm sure you saw the Keith Smith tweets that a rival executive thinks it's, quote, open season on the Wizards Wizards roster, right? Um, How open do you think the Wizards are for business right now?
1: Um, It depends on the guy. I mean, I think think to some degree that's misleading because, like, on some Mm -hmm. of the people, it probably is. You make a great offer on Trevor Ariza to this team that doesn't have John Wall and Trevor Reason expiring 33 year old, even though they just acquired him with the hopes of him helping this year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're, they're probably gonna do it. Uh, they're uh, To my knowledge, they are not trying to trade Bradley Beal. Uh, I don't like, I, I don't even see why people keep saying, well, now they got to trade Beal. And I just couldn't understand that. No one can explain to me that logic. I think people just <laughs> see a team that's doing poorly and we're in this weird, Basketball Twitter thing where so a team is doing poorly so okay gotta trade the best player who's there, why mm-hmm. he's got three years left on his deal, he his value next year you will get just as much for him next year as you will yeah. this year if you have to trade him why not hold on to him for as long as you can now if you get a great offer for Bradley Beal if the Lakers offer you LeBron for Bradley Beal. <laughs> If you get offered LeBron for LeBron for Bradley Beal and Jan Mahima to make the salary work, I'm pretty sure you do that deal. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty certain you're going to take in LeBron. I'm pretty sure if you get offered Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant's like, yeah, yeah, well, I'll resign with you for sure, then you do that deal. Or Steph Curry, you do that deal. Sure. But, like, when people say you got to deal a guy, the implication is you got to deal him and just take whatever the best deal that you can get by February 7th is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? Bradley is really good. He's 25 years old. He's not putting up a, fe- a fight to get traded or something like that. It's not a Jimmy Butler situation at all. He's not demeaning your culture. He's not demeaning your team. He's continuing to work hard. He's having a very good season. He's not making a ton of his threes by his standards. But in every other way, he's having a very good season. He's actually defended pretty well. Um, and, and now you need him more than ever. And they still actually have a chance at making I'm not saying they are predicting them to make the playoffs, but like they have a chance. The Eastern Conference is horrible. Like 38 wins could get you. And that's, I'm not ruling out them winning 38. That's not exactly a ton of wins. So uh, yeah, I, I just don't really get immediately having to trade Bradley Beal just because ball's hurt.
3: Yeah. So that must that must have been what Keith Smith meant by for the right player. <laughs> uh, so I think from these next ones, given everything you just said, we can eliminate Bradley Beal because. The Thunder, while they don't have a LeBron, a Curry, a Durant, etc., they're not trading Russ or PG. So these don't necessarily have to be OKC-centric, but what do you think Washington would be looking for in a deal for, say, a Wall or a Porter? And we had the same question from at Peak Brody and at OKC underscore season, you know, the and like the kids do. <laughs>
1: um, for Wall... I mean, I assume we're just talking about, you know, over the summer or something like that. And that's what the deal would be. I mean, for Wall, I think I don't really know how the because I haven't asked, to be honest. I I don't really know how the uh, the injury would change John Wall's like what. I know how it would change his trade value, but I don't really know how it would change what the Wizards would be seeking if they were to just throw him on the market and see what they get for him. They mm-hmm. haven't really done that, uh, to my knowledge. They have not just thrown Wall or Beal out there and been like, "We we should do something with these guys," or "We should really truly gauge the market on these guys." I don't think they've gotten there. They've been wanting to make the playoffs, and I think their actions have been congruent with that. You know, like you don't make. The Trevor Ariza trade, which is the ultimate for 2018-19 trade, without thinking that you are going to play for Uh, 2018-19. So so I'm not really sure. I mean, someone texted me the other day that the Wall contract might end up being the worst contract in NBA history. So I don't know how much you're getting back for John Wall. Like his his supermax supermax extension hasn't even kicked in yet. It kicks in next year, and he's got four years and 171 million, depending on next year's cap, left to go on that. So, ouch. I don't I don't know what you are getting. Uh, maybe you end up doing a bad contract swap or something like that. But you got to mm. find a way to to match salary on a deal that's going to pay him. I think 38 million in the first year too. So, uh, mm. you might just have to hold on. Tell him to take his. Time coming back from the injury, and hope you can come back with like a decent core next year. Like, I likened it in a story I did recently to Memphis, Memphis last year, where they just yeah. stunk for the entire season. Mike Conley came back and is healthy now and is playing well. Marcus Sol has kind of had a revival season, and they were able to get Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. out of it, who's really good. And uh, and and they're playing well and competing in the West. And if you can do that in the West, you can definitely do it in the East. Uh, As for Otto Porter, um, I think they'd like somebody who can help. I think they'd like somebody who can help today. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did like a big contract swap with Porter. I don't know if that's definitely what it's going to be, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if that were the case because I, I think they want somebody who can help, or at least they did want somebody who can help. But like I said, like, I think they're trying to figure out, they don't know what their strategy is right now. Mm -hmm. Like they are, they are trying to figure out, okay, what does this wall thing mean? Do we try to jump into the playoffs? I think they're in a wait and see moment and they see how they play these next 10 games or something without wall. And then they're going to figure out what they want to do before the deadline, whether they're buyers or whether they're sellers.
3: In the category of of things different between the Thunder and Wizards organization, right? They don't have a plan right now.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't think the Thunder would either, to be honest. Like, sure. I mean, that's an easy (laughs) joke to make, but like, like I don't think you can right now just because like you got to figure out what kind of team you are without John Wall. And they're a team that cares about getting into the playoffs as an eight seed. And if you think you can do that, I think that's a direction they consider to be still a possibility. Uh, They're not just going to tear it down and and go rogue. I mean – if Russ doesn't have those crazy moments, like the Thunder kind of did the same thing, right? Like if Russ, in 2016, if Russ doesn't have those, 16, 17, if Russ doesn't have those wild crunch time moments, he averaged how many points for 36 minutes that year? Like 660 on the dot, I think. I think he averaged yeah. exactly 60 points for mm-hmm. 36 minutes, which is the most wild thing ever, by the way, uh, and was the craziest part of that season. But if he doesn't do that, that team wins like 42 games. And I can't remember if that's a playoff scene. It's like an eight or a nine seed or something like that. Mm -hmm. And 42 in the West is like, you know, if you, if you adjust for, uh, if you adjust for, for, you know, what, whatever the win total is worth in the East is, is probably about the, the same level that the Wizards are at right now. And, uh, Yeah, you kind of have to figure out if you're buyers, if you're sellers, you have to figure out whether you want to go for it or or whether you want to whether you want to stay back. I think shortly after a major injury like this, most teams would would be in a little bit of this same situation of being like, all right, we just got to see what happens and then figure it out from there because there's still some time.
0: That's fair. Okay, so kind of kind of moving this into a more Thunder centric um, idea. Uh, the players that I'm really looking at on the roster that I think would fit with the Thunder uh, would be somebody like a Jeff Green or a Markeith Morris, uh, both of them on expiring contracts. Basically, um, if 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 the Wizards, like you said, if they head into the trade deadline and obviously they're not going to make the playoffs, and obviously um, you know they're they're sellers. Uh, do you think? a Jeff Green or a Markeith Morris would be available for somebody like the Thunder to to take them? And would a deal with maybe envir- involving the Carmelo Anthony traded player exception to where the Wizards don't have to take back salary? Would that make sense uh, for the Wizards?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they would love to not take back salary in a deal like that, I think. Look, if they, if they are just really bad without John Wall and they fall off, like, Eve Morris is going to be a free agent this year, and there's a realistic chance he's not going to be back. Jeff Green is on a one-year minimum deal. There's a realistic chance he's not going to be back. And I think Jeff Green is supremely tradable with the way that he's been playing. He's been really good for them and is taking more threes and shots at the rim than he ever has in his career. I think his shooting percentage is still over 60%, and he's on a minimum deal, and he's a vet and you a know, respected locker room guy and all that. All that stuff and uh, yeah, I, I think Jeffrey will be really easy to trade. Marquise Morris, yeah, like they're they're five million over the luxury tax line right now, mm-hmm. and if they can shave five million dollars off of their salary and get under the luxury tax line, whether they're going to the playoffs or not going to the playoffs, I think that would be a welcome change because they're not winning the title. So I think uh,
0: yeah.
1: I think that would be a, a welcome change for them either way. And these guys on the fringe of the roster who are upcoming free agents, who are veteran players, not necessarily young ones that can develop, like you know a Thomas Bryan or something like that. I think the guys like Morris and Green are the exact guys you can use to get you to get to get yourself there.
2: Okay. Um, m- moving on, I guess completely from the Wizards, more into the Thunder side of things. Um, OKC, okay, you know, obviously, we've had an all right year, but a lot of people think we're we
0: still need. Yeah, I can't a believe you guys
1: talked two. Wizards for so long. By the way, I thought we were talking Thunder. I'm talking Wizards, it's, like it's the
0: interesting. Wizards, the Wizards are interesting. We've,
1: see, we've talked a, more. We've talked more mass live than we have Thunder.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, that's that's about to change.
2: Part two, right here, man. <laughs> but um, do you think that uh, adding a shooter or two to the Thunder, um, at the risk of Losing defensive ability. Do you think that's worth it for the Thunder to add shooting?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They kind of have to. Like, their defense is so good. And I guess we'll wait to see what happens with Robertson. Um, But their defense is the best defense in the NBA right now. And the amount of defensive talent they have there, and not just the talent, but the amount of defensive cohesion that they have on the roster is amazing. Like, Ferguson has gotten so much better, I think, from last year. And um, their defensive communication is unbelievable with the way that they rotate so quickly. Russ is having a better year. Uh, I always thought Adams' best defensive trait was uh, that he's able to recognize play calls really quickly. And I think one of the reasons they struggled in the Utah series last year was because I spoke about this with Steve a little bit. One of the reasons they struggled in the Utah series last year was because Utah is really, really good at disguising their plays. And they're really good at, oh shoot, I'm sorry guys. Utah is really good at, at going, into, uh, going into these plays and making you think that they're running another one of their plays. And so Adams would call out what they were supposed to do and it would be a completely different variation of the same play. And I think he got deked a few times during that Utah series. Their communication looks unbelievable this year. If I were still covering the team, I would have done a piece so far on like how that Utah series mended Stephen Adams' communication abilities. Because he was always really, really good at it. And he always took a lot of pride in it. And this year, it just looks like they have by far the best communication in the NBA. It's, like, ridiculous to watch. And Adams is a guy who would spend the summer being like, all right, I'm going to get better at that thing. Um, And then um, the problem, though, is that, like, man, they're going to be – I don't want to say easy to guard because they have Russell Westbrook and Paul George. But, like, you can – mess with them offensively if they don't have shooting and if Breenas has not shot the ball well um you know Patterson is obviously not making shots like if they if their shooters aren't even making shots and Paul George is legit your only three-point shooter in 2018 Mm -hmm. I just I, I I struggle to see how they can go to a conference finals like they're someone some good defensive team is going to go up against them in the playoffs because it's the Western Conference and in the first or second round you're going to go up against a really good defensive team maybe or probably in both and they're going to mess with them like they're going to sag off guys and they're they want to be easier to guard than they should be and and I kind of think they do need an extra shooter or two in order to to get to their capabilities um unless I don't know do you guys believe in in the Jeremy Grant three-point shot is that? Are we? I mean, the the that? sample
3: size is getting up there. Like you kind of have to start believing it. And the the encouraging thing was that at the beginning of the season, at least he was shooting better from above the break than he was from the corners. Now, now it looks like most of his attempts are coming from the corners. And I don't know. I mean, I know he shot this well for a whole season and then fell off for a whole season. So let's hope this yeah, that is that was more on a small warmer. sample though. Right. That was right. on like
1: one yeah. and a half attempts a game.
3: Yeah. I and know. he's this up sport, over this three right, like... right now.
1: Yeah, his form is different. His form used to look like a drawbridge. Like now it's yeah. it's He'd much.
3: It up compact. From his knees. He used to bring it up from his knees, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Much quicker and much more fluid now.
3: Yeah. I wonder how much attempts of his, a game.
1: Yeah. I wonder how much of his shooting struggles just have to do with had to do with the fact that his arms are so long and it's just <laughs> hard yeah. to coordinate all of your hand eye movement when it's so far away from your face.
0: I mean he's just he's like he's like plastic man out there. He's Everything about him is just is is just long, and I could definitely see how that can affect your uh, your shooting. Um, so kind of moving on. Um, this is something that you've seen. So you've seen this team for about a year and a half, two years. Um, and you've seen Russ basically without Kevin Durant. You know, once Kevin Durant left, um, is he evolving into a new type of player this season? As opposed to the previous seasons that you saw that you've seen him, uh, and that's from at in Irvin eighty eight.
1: Yeah, he's playing differently. He's absolutely playing differently. Um, you know, I think his his usage rate was down as of the last time I checked. Obviously, I'm not watching them every single night like I used to, but I still watch the whole league in general. And yeah, Russ is is seems to be um, seems to be playing off the ball a little bit more. Uh, playing next to Schroeder not only seems to be Schroeder seems to be not only no problem, but uh, it seems to be working really well. You look at the lineups with him and Schroeder and George and Adams, and they're really good. I think right, and so uh, so yeah. I mean, it, it it that seems to be a big thing. I think he he looks a lot better defensively. He's not he's not the best defensive player at his position. But uh, he looks he looks a lot better defensively. I think he's 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 been way better defensively than he was the last two years where I think he's been down and he kind of hits screens and he dies. And I think that's a contributor to why they've been the best defense in the league. He's not making shots. That's a problem. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. The free throw stuff is so unbelievably weird. Free throw stuff is just so odd. How a dude can go from a really good free throw shooter who's over 80 every single year to just... Like, can't make a free throw is so unbelievably weird. Shows shows the mental side of the game can just hit Yes. End, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. We, we hope that's turning around a little bit. I mean, he had the 14 for 23 last night, and I think he was 9 for 19 a couple nights before, 10 for 19. So, you know, over the last week or so, it now looks like that one weird Dallas game might be the outlier for that small sample size. So hopefully that's turning around. He was perfect from the free throw line last night.
0: Yay! <laughs> so, so as far as as far as the team goes, um, it seems to have a lot of chemistry. The Thunder seem to have a lot of chemistry. Um, around the league, do you, do you think they're? What are your top three chemistry teams? Ooh,
1: you know, I haven't thought about that. Top three chemistry teams. Okay, let's go. OKC. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna call up. I'm going to type on my computer right now. I'm going to call uh-huh. the standings just so I can look at this and see if we can do this. We're going to go um, Indiana. That's a great chemistry team.
3: Yeah, they're well. fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they play super hard, and they play good defense and communicate well. They all know their roles. That's a really good chemistry team. Um, let's go... You know, they haven't played great lately, but I don't think it's because of any sort of chemistry issue. Let's go to the Clippers.
0: Oh, wow. That's surprising.
1: I think they're a really good chemistry team. They also play really hard and really cohesively, and everyone just kind of knows their role and, and is and is really good. And uh, let's also say, you know what? Because they are, they have been so damn depressing for <laughs> so long. And because this fan base in this organization deserves a little something after after actually competing. Let's go Sacramento. Oh, also, okay. Also really, really fun to watch and also plays really, really hard. And, uh, yeah, they, they, Fox is just killer and seems to be leading a great team. Everybody, they seem to have their hierarchy down with Fox and then Heald and, and Bogdanovich and those guys. And, mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean I guess there's not organizational chemistry there, but between the actual players it seems to be a good locker room and a good situation.
3: Something that's really surprised me, just something I wasn't expecting and I didn't watch a lot of Atlanta Hawks basketball over the last couple of years was I think Dennis Schroeder has really helped the team's chemistry this year. He's he's a lot of fun in his bench celebrations and his you know interfering with people's interviews and he's just always doing something funny every time I see him. Yeah, you know, I
1: spoke to somebody who, uh, somebody in Atlanta after they made that trade. And uh-huh. I kind of asked, cause I didn't, I, didn't, I don't know Schroeder personally. Uh, and I just, I asked like, is this, a, cause whenever a team is terrible and there's a good player on it, who's, who's a veteran on a big contract, there's always the question that everybody had about Schroeder, which was like, is this the situation or the dude? And this person insisted it was the situation put him in a good situation, he's going to be good. And uh, apparently the fact that he just loves Russ has contributed a decent amount to it too. If you love the best guy in the locker room who everybody falls behind, then things are almost always going to work out great there. And uh, apparently he just loves Russ, which is a big help. And you have a team of guys, I mean, PG does too. You have a team of guys who who just love Russ, then you're going to be in a good situation. Yeah, so that's, that's something. He's also been much better defensively this year than oh, yeah. he was in Atlanta the last couple of years. Like he's he's been much better. Like all the talk of of well was he not playing hard in Atlanta last year? Well that's been validated. <laughs> that's been validated. I think we can pretty comfortably say he was not playing hard the last couple of years. Uh, but he seems sure. to be this year. He's been he's been in a normal year he'd be a six man candidate. But this is like the best six man of the year race like
0: yeah, ever. It is.
1: Uh, so I don't know if he is, but he's had an excellent year off the bench.
0: So kind of piggybacking off of that, um, we kind of talked about what Dennis Schroeder's ultimate destiny is with this team. He has two years after this year left on his contract. Um, based off of what, you know, the, the history of player movements within the Thunder organization and just how good this guy is, and you can get a lot of bang for your buck with him. Do you think he finishes out his contract with the Thunder um, in, in two seasons, or do you think Presti eventually moves him for for more pieces or 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 a bigger piece?
1: I don't know. Probably depends on how good this team is. Like if this team makes the conference finals, or the Warriors continue to just kind of not quite look completely invincible, which I don't anticipate happening. But let's say in a hypothetical scenario. That happens and the Thunder somehow beat them and go to the finals. Like, you keep your best guys. Yeah. That's just like a thing that happens. Um, But that being said, considering Sam Presti's history, if there's a role player who's having a good year and is helpful, I would maybe bet on him not finishing out his contract because Sam Presti is so good at flipping pieces and getting unexpected assets out of them. And I guess with Shooter, it wouldn't be so unexpected anymore because he's been good this year. But he's still on an expensive deal, and uh, he's been really good at it. The difference—I'm just kind of talking this out loud now because I don't think about the Thunder as much as I used to. So now I'm just formulating <laughs> all my thoughts
0: live on a podcast with you guys. Well, well believe me, the Thunder still think about you. <laughs> yeah, have
3: you have you noticed that um, the Oklahoma City Thunder Bleacher Report page still posts your tweets like very regularly, even when they're not Thunder related? It's like they just set that up to go automatically I have and not. forgot I have... to change it. <laughs> and since we were going through
1: my resume, Bleacher Report is my is my former employer too. So yeah. they're that's they're really I mean. including all of my former stuff. <laughs> Maybe someone there just has like a really ironic sense of humor and that's why they're doing <laughs> it. <laughs> um with Shooter. Now I don't remember what I was saying about Shooter. Oh right. Every team has a point guard. Like that's the one position that is tough to flip and get value for when a guy's on an expensive deal, because everybody's got a point guard. And a lot of people except have, Phoenix. except Phoenix. <laughs> that is extremely true, except Phoenix. Um, and and Orlando. Um, those yeah. are the two teams that are kind of really looking for one, but I don't think Orlando fits either of those teams' timelines. Uh, so maybe, maybe Phoenix is willing next summer to jump on something if, Something changes with them and obviously they thought that they were in a different position um, of contending this year than they were last year. But like, you know, maybe they're willing, maybe they're willing to do something along those lines. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. I'm not sure. It's a good question. I don't really know the answer. I've provided no value in answering this question. <laughs> it's, a,
0: it, it, it's sometimes a, a think tank around here. That's all we're doing is just throwing out ideas.
1: Yeah, so my answer is, like, yes,
0: and no, I
3: um, and, and I don't know. <laughs> covering all your bases there. Hey, uh, speaking of covering our bases, we would not be able to forgive ourselves if we didn't ask you if you have any good Stephen Adams stories that you haven't told anybody yet. Oh, Stephen Adams stories that I haven't told anybody.
0: <laughs> all right. Or, or that you've told somebody yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in person but not out.
1: Okay. Oh you know what? This is actually a new Stephen Adams story that happened a couple of months ago.
0: Hey, breaking yes. news. <laughs> um,
1: are you allowed to profanities? What's the rule?
3: Uh yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll we'll fix it in post. Okay, when they played uh
1: when they played the Wizards, um when was that? November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was standing in the hallway when the thunder were walking in and Alex Brinus walks in and sees me and goes, Hey, and comes over and kind of asks me up and says hi and uh um Robertson was there he comes over says hi Adams walks by he's still wearing that fur hat with the two that Russian mm, fur, fur hat with the ears. yeah backwards with the ears that he always does and this big coat and he walks by me he looks at me and he gives me this evil eye glare as he's walking by he looks by and goes what the f- are you doing here? <laughs> and that was how Stephen Adams said hello to me so that's you. how he greeted you <laughs> yeah, there's your Stephen. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever told that one.
3: He didn't. Know. He didn't. I told know that one to a friend either.
1: Yeah, that was how. That was how Stephen said hello. Uh, I was thinking about. it. I was like, oh, you know what? Stephen probably thought that I was in Boston still. Exactly. Like, no. that's what I said. So, so yeah.
0: He fo- he funny. follows the uh, the waiver wire when it comes to to writers and and journalists. He's no Damian Lillard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, he didn't even know that he didn't even know that Demarcus Cousins got traded when he came back from the All Star game a couple of years ago. I don't think he's following the. Uh, oh the
0: uh... Well, he didn't even he he didn't even know uh, Nikola Jokic's first name.
1: Yeah, yeah. He but, just studies he just studies film and like as long as he knows players' habits and he's ready to teams' coverages, then he's just good to go.
3: That just made me wish so badly that Stephen Adams had a podcast and now I'm saying, Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing though, I've thought about Stephen Adams having a podcast. If Stephen Adams had a podcast, it would be against so much of what his character is, which is only caring about like six different things in life. <laughs> and like having a podcast, you need to be too passionate of a person. Not that he's not a passionate person about certain things, but uh-huh. Stephen Adams, did so many things in his life. Like to me, although I guess he did write a book, I was so shocked that he wrote <laughs> I never thought that he would write a book. I didn't think it would be a thing. Um, it's a pretty yeah, it's,
0: good book, too. Book,
1: so maybe I'm wrong on that.
0: So we got a, we got a Twitter question from at Marv's, guy named Marcus. Uh, so on your puns, he said, do you have a notebook or notepad filled with puns somewhere? He doesn't believe that you improvise all of them.
3: And I'd just like to get out in front of this on behalf of Topic Thunder and say that we totally believe you improvise all of them. I think you're a total wizard when it comes to puns. I think you make them up all on the spot. I think you're faster than a bullet. And then I don't think the athletic would hire somebody who isn't quick on their feet.
0: (laughs) Put that on the resume.
1: There we go. Well done. Nice riffing. Uh, Okay. Two things. Number one, they are improvised. It's number two, even if they weren't, who cares? The <laughs> So often I get this response whenever I tweet out a bad joke. Like, oh, when would you come up with that one? Like at some point, you came up with it instantaneously. Like whenever you came up with it, you came up with it. So like you did come up with it. I could go back and read something that I tweeted out three weeks ago and be like, well, I came out with that three weeks ago. Who cares? I still took just as long to come up with it as I did before. Who cares when I came up with it? So no, I do come up with them uh, on the spot. But I rail against the idea that not coming up with them on the spot
3: is uh, is a problem. Yeah, because it's just like, time traveling at that point, right? Yeah. Who cares? You still came up with them.
0: It's like a, it's like back in the day when. When they used to have like you know rap city and things like that and the guys would get, get on there and freestyle and I'm doing freestyle with air quotes because they were all written be, these aren't freestyle raps that they were saying um so just because they didn't freestyle it doesn't mean that they didn't write it at one point and it was a freestyle then so that's how I kind of look at it
1: <laughs> yeah i I, uh, I i will say that puns are, I get too excited about them to just put them down and save them for later. They're just going to come out. that's why there are so many bad ones.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, So we have three more Twitter questions that you don't need to answer. And then we'd like to do just a quick round of Thunder Predictions where you just need to give us a number. Is that okay? You got a few more minutes? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So from at Josh underscore Morrison, uh, he just questions everything about you. Again, you don't have to respond. <laughs> uh, at just Shannon baby asked, "Why'd you leave a spread? And she also wishes you a happy new year. And then at Thunder Vibes, he's he's uh he used to be at Prime Nerlands. He just wanted to tell you that he loves you. So that's very, that's tell a, him that's I love too. Okay,
0: I'm sure he's listening. I, I, I got one. I got one real <laughs> quick. Um, so at Kiwi five 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 five. Um just kind of sticking with the whole Thunder and they need shooting. Uh, what about Nick Young in a Thunder <laughs> uniform?
1: That does <laughs> not seem like the personality mix to me.
0: <laughs> you don't think you don't think that Russ and PG could rein him in and have oh, him be the floor spacer?
1: Um I can't even imagine what Russ and Nick Young in the locker room together
0: <laughs> would look like. A lot of scowling. Be- that's it'd be, great to, it'd be great to cover. So, I mean, just realistically, just off the top of your head, if you had to come up with something, um, who would be the the most realistic type player, uh, that the Thunder could get in a trade this season?
3: And that's from Ethan at Russ West Season.
0: Okay.
1: Is it season or SZN?
0: Oh, SZN. Okay. Kids. I
1: mean, yeah. Come on. Don't lie about that stuff.
0: Kids are invading Twitter.
1: Um, Type of player, I mean, let's see, what are their, I mean, they could could offload, like what they could do is they could offload a couple of their, if they really want to go all in on this roster, they could offload a couple of expiring guys and get back somebody who's on a two-year deal, because the NBA has kind of changed its definition of long-term money like Courtney Lee is now long-term money, and the Knicks will pretty much do anything to get off of his money for next year, so they can get, you know, turn that into expirings. So if you can, if you can find a way to attach expirings and make the salary work with Courtney Lee type or something like that. A, a shooter, you know, who can maybe defend a little bit, and you know, someone like him can keep you within, you know, your defensive identity and 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 still shoot. Um, and you know there are other players around the league who are like him, and uh, you can take on a set, you know, his his 20 money. I think that's a deal that could make sense, but it only makes sense if you're really committed to this roster, because obviously they're paying whatever it is seventy three million dollars in luxury tax,
0: yeah.
1: nine nine billion dollars in luxury tax, and next year they're going to pay fourteen gazillion dollars in luxury tax, and if you add more money, then you're paying you're up to seventeen gazillion dollars in luxury tax, and Uh, You know, then then you got a problem if you're not all in on the roster. So if you decide you're all in on the roster, I think that's a trade that could make sense. But it's only if you're willing to pay that money for a second consecutive year. And if you really, really buy in on what you have.
0: Okay, Um, so we want to play a little game, do a little uh, over under with you. Um, Are you familiar with
3: gambling terminology?
0: Yes, Yes, I am. Okay.
1: unfortunately.
0: So a little over under. So the first over under that we have is zero point five major awards for players on the Thunder. So we're talking about Defensive Player of the Year, Six Man, Most Improved, MVP, zero point five.
1: Uh, over. Which one? Over. Um, I don't know for sure right now. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna be a voter or not. Um, so this is not. Is not any sort of official thing, but um, I mean, Paul George might be my defensive player of the year right now.
3: I think um, if the Thunder can stay up there, right? Stay up in the one spot. If, if they have
1: easily the best defense in the league, he's been, every time I watch a game, I'm like, man, he's been an animal mm-hmm. this year. And like, man, Adams is like up there for defensive player of the year too.
0: Is there he's, a possibility that they take votes away from each other? I hope not. <laughs> but yeah. That's yeah.
1: A you know, good people question. say People say that, but I don't necessarily buy that because uh, the, the implication when people say that, unless I misunderstand when people say that and they've just never understood what it means, the implication is that like people who would be prone to vote for the Thunder are going to vote for one guy over another, right? Mm-hmm. But like there are only two local votes in Oklahoma City. So like is it going to make that big of a difference if if you're implying that like the locals are more likely to vote? So...
3: So well, you also have the you also have the theory like with with Katie and Steph Curry being on the same team that they kind of take away each other's value. Right, but I don't.
1: But I don't think that people think about that on defense.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's
1: when was the last time a defensive player of the year came from a one man defensive team? That's true. Yeah. Like Kawhi wins Defensive Player of the Year. Danny Green also gets First Team All Defense. Like Defensive Player of the Year always comes from. At the very least, a top 10 defense in usually.
0: Maybe, maybe Mark Gasol with the, with the Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, Tony Allen.
0: Yeah. Oh, Tony Allen. I forgot. Tony about Allen that.
1: making first team all defense. Like, oh, a It's, you. it's you, you, if you're a great defense player, like, I don't think people think about all defense. I don't think people think about Defense Player of the Year like that. Like, you're always. Yeah, that's a
3: good point. A and, yeah, and like, Gobert has, you know, Rubio and Ingalls and a bunch of at least solid defenders. He you mean, Ingalls has team. Gobert?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah All right, so so next one. 2.5 Thunder players in the all-star game.
3: Under.
1: Under. I don't think Adams is making it. Oh, yeah. Russ. I don't think I don't think Adams <laughs> will make it. Um
0: Do you think is Russ will, print do, do print you, print? you think Russ is a oh. shoe-in this year? No. No.
1: I don't. Even more incentive to go under. I, I think he will, but he's not a shoe-in is a shoo-in. Uh, you look at Russ's efficiency numbers, and they're terrible. So so I'd say no, he's not a shoo-in with the talent that's in the West. But I think he probably gets in because he's Russell Westbrook, and the other numbers are still really there. And you look at the Thunder, and you justify them having two All-Stars. But no, the West is too good for, for, for Adams to
3: get in, I would say. All
0: right. 0.5 all-rookie team players.
3: So that's basically a question about Hamadou Diallo.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, right.
1: I haven't gone prob, – probably zero. Probably under. Okay. Yeah.
3: Under. Yeah, he's just not getting enough minutes, right?
1: Yeah, he's not getting enough minutes, and this rookie class is awesome. hmm Rookie class is so good. So, so, yeah, under. But I like Diallo. I think he's going to be a good player. That was a good pick for them.
0: All right, 1.5 Thunder players on the all-defense team.
3: First or second team.
0: Yeah, first or second.
3: Over, over, over. So I do think. you do you think it's going to be uh, PG and Adams? Or do you think, like, I don't know, people are looking at that wonky individual defensive rating and hyping up Russ a little bit right now. And, you know, he's way up there in steals. So that's do you Russ, think he Russ has a shot?
1: Has, Russ has always had a good individual defensive rating. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a BS. That's a BS stat. Uh, I agree. And, and, yeah, I mean, I don't think... I don't think the voters vote on individual defensive rating. Uh, although Russ does always get a decent amount of votes, and he leads he the league in
3: steals. and he's really leading the league in steals right now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's at two point eight. But he's he's not he's two point seven five, and the next closest is Paul George at two point two. I think, and I know way that way one's also of, kind of a BS stat sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think the
1: way a lot of voters vote is they look at the defensive efficiency leaders. They say, okay, yeah. number one, that team needs two. Number yeah. two, like who are two or two guys you can justify voting on that? This team yeah. is basically number one. Who are two guys you can justify on that? It's like, okay. Well, it's like, yeah, PG is totally – and you just think, is that guy an all-defense guy? It's like, yeah, well, PG is, of course, an all-defense guy. Is Adams an all-defense guy? Yeah, his identity fits being an all-defense guy. So I think, I think Adams um, has a good chance of getting there, and I so- think –
0: I think PG does too. So with the narrative with Westbrook this season, as far as him being improved defensively and, and seeing, you know, those those crazy steal games where he has seven or eight steals uh, in a game, it seems like it happens once every 10 games. Um, do you think he may make the all-defensive team one of the two teams?
1: Um, I might guess no, but he'll get both. Okay. I think he'll get both.
0: Okay. All right, what about 2.5 Thunder players on the All-NBA teams, the three teams that are all in, All-NBA? All
1: Yeah, same same logic as All-Star. I'm going under. under And I think it'll be easier for Russ to make All-Star than it will be for him to make All-NBA.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're leaving Adams off the All-Star team, then you can go ahead and chalk that one off for the All-NBA. Yeah. There's fewer yeah, players. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if
1: I don't think he's making it out to All-Star, yeah. Then he's not. I don't think he's one of the three best centers. I don't
3: think he is, right? Uh, um, you could make a you could make an argument if you stretch, but not the way the West, not the maybe, way Jokic yeah. and yeah. yeah, so you got Jokic and Jokic Gasol, for
1: sure, and and Marcus has been really good this year. Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah. then you can do Adams, Gobert, and Capella is kind of a toss up.
0: And right. I mean, Anthony Davis, what is he? Is he a center? Or is he a power forward? He's playing center yeah. this year. He's playing center
1: this year. Yeah, yeah that's true. So Marcus is probably not even on there if Anthony oh, Davis right. is your center. And they, Anthony
0: Davis too. might be your third-team
1: center. Wow. With the way that Jokic and Embiid are playing, I mean, Embiid's probably your first team, and then either yeah. Jokic or, or Davis, if Davis is a center, is your third team. So, so yeah, 14, yeah, Adams does Adams not make it if that's the case.
0: Okay. okay. All right, so 54.5 win. That's uh, 538's projection. Over or Under. Mm.
1: Under. Cause I think there's going to be uh, a relearning period when Robertson comes back.
3: Oh, there's
1: going to be some he comes of,
3: back and the schedule does get tougher.
1: Yeah. Least. There's they've had, they've had one of the easier strength of schedules in the league. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, under, and uh, yeah, I think there's going to have to be a rediscovery period when Robertson comes back, regardless of what kind of shape he's in, what kind of players in, whether he's exactly the same and is still the best perimeter defender in the Western conference or, uh, or if he's, you know, in a little bit of a different spot, either way, they're going to have to try to figure out what they want to do on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. And in the long term, if Robertson is Robertson, it'll help. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I think for a few games, there's going to be some sort of rediscovery, reinvention.
0: All right, um, in the in the conference seedings, uh, two point five for the Thunder in the Western Conference. And you can over, say over
3: um, is towards the one.
0: So over, I think
3: they're going to get the two.
1: All right. Okay. I think you, they're going to get the two. I think they're the second-best team in the West right
3: now. So I do think you think the Nuggets time. or the Wizards are going to gonna fall? Because those are the two teams ahead the, of the
0: Warriors.
1: Warriors.
3: Well, I don't think the Wizards are going to fall. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I got Wizards <laughs> on the brain. The other dubs.
1: Um, I think the Warriors will eventually end up being number one. Like, mm. they've all the crap that they've gone through, and they're still in a virtual tie with Denver – for best in the West, it's like, you can't convince me that they're still going to deviate this much from their success, like, for the rest of the year. Uh, they're they're going to have some crazy run where they win 17 out of 18. And Cousins is going to come back, and they're just going to
0: run over teams. Does does Cousins make them unbeatable?
1: They're already unbeatable.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, so adding just Cousins to it, even a, even a 80% Cousins, I mean, it's just... Destroying the NBA. Good job, Warriors.
1: They're, um, they're, they're going to roll over everybody. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not... All this is is like extra fodder for when they win a title and so they can you know, say they
2: overcame stuff.
0: Yeah. All okay. right. So the Thunder in the playoffs, 2.5 rounds over or under?
1: Uh, for now, under. Under. Okay. Um, you,
0: you think shooting's going to be that big of a... Of, yeah. a, of a hindrance.
1: Yeah, I mean, what are they last in the NBA in three point percentage right now? Close to yeah, it. Like like that's a huge problem. Through. It's 2018. That's a huge problem. It's a really big problem. I think they can win around, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna struggle going up against a defensive team that's going to make sure the right three point shooters are taking three point shots, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna be able to load up on a guy like Paul George. And, uh, you know, if playoff P shows up, then you can win some games. But it's really hard to win playoff series in 2018 against smart defensive coaches when you are devoid of shooting. It's just really hard.
0: So you're saying that the the ceiling for this team at this point is probably second round?
1: Mm, I don't think that's the ceiling. That's just what I'm predicting off the top of my head.
0: Okay.
3: And that's a question from at t.yams16.
1: What the ceiling is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the ceiling is ceiling is Western Conference Finals, just because no one ceiling is beating the Warriors. If we're speaking realistically, but the ceiling is Western Conference Finals. There's no clear second best team in the West. I just I struggle to pick a team that can't shoot to say that they're the favorite to go there. But every team in the West has some kind of flaw. The
3: yeah, Warriors are the ceiling.
1: The Warriors are the ceiling. The ceiling is just like a Sistine Chapel-like painting of all five <laughs> of their
3: starters. It's a Sistine Chapel <laughs> painting of Draymond Green kicking Stephen Adams in the nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so um, you got time to do maybe a little preview um, of the Thunder's Wizards game coming up on the was it the 6th, I think?
1: Sure, if we make it a quick thing.
3: The Wizards are currently 19th in offensive rating. Oklahoma City's at 20th. The Wizards are 28th in defensive rating and 25th in net rating, sitting at 14 and 23 in the 11 seed. They do play at home against Atlanta before they get the Thunder. Um, John Wall's out. Dwight's out. Beal is their leading scorer at 23.6, 5 and 5. And then Otto Porter, I was a little disappointed looking at his numbers is only scoring eleven point seven points per game this season. Has he been disappointing the Wizards fans? Yeah. I mean Otto Porter is kind
1: of who's the analogous Thunder player?
3: Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson.
1: <laughs> no, no, not Patrick Patterson. Because he's We're not making more money. Yeah. Because 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 Otto Porter is is good. Mm. Uh, you know he's Carmelo. kind of He's no he's kind of Andre Robertson. Okay. In that like He's always been the dude who is much better than his box score numbers show. And so your average fan will watch him and get frustrated with him because he's making good money, but he's not putting up, you know, 18, 6, and 4. Um, and and the kind of the little stuff that he does, yet like every single year, he leads the Wizards in net rating. You know, like, he's yeah. that guy. And he's definitely been disappointed this year. Like, don't get me wrong. He was one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA the previous two years. He was in the mid-40s from three. A wildly great three-point shooter. He hasn't necessarily been making any shots, and he's been hurt. He's supposed to come back on Wednesday. We'll see if he does. Uh, he's supposed to. Uh, and and if he is, then he should be ready in time for the Thunder game on Sunday. Um, but, but, yeah, like, I... I think Otto Porter at some point, if he's healthy, I think he'll start playing like the Otto Porter of last year because I think he's just been kind of down. And I do think he's a really good player who's a lot better than the numbers show in general, although he hasn't necessarily shown it as much this year as he had the previous two.
3: Yeah, and like you said, he's an exceptional three-point shooter and he's only at 36.8% this year, so he'll probably make about six against the Thunder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Well, Fred, hey, thank you very much. Uh, for coming on with us, uh, it's been it's been great. It's been an honor, um, and I, hopefully, it's not the last time that you do. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks Fred. So for
1: having me, guys. Appreciate it. It was fun. All
0: right. Hope you have a uh, a good rest of the uh, the new year, and you take care of yourself. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Wanna,
0: thanks is there again. anything you want to plug?
1: Um, no. You plugged my whole resume at the start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Fred. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Uh, make sure you check us out on iTunes, basically anywhere where you get your podcast, but most definitely on iTunes. Uh, if you do subscribe through iTunes, make sure you leave us a five star review. Any positive comments? Um, make sure you check us out on, Twi- on Twitcher, what? Stitcher? Spotify? Yeah, all those. Stitcher,
3: Twitcher, wherever. Wherever.
0: <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, make sure you check us out there. Uh, but. Happy New Year to everybody. We're recording this on January 1st, but it won't come out until the 3rd, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Yeah. It won't come out till the 2nd or the 3rd, um, but I do want to wish you guys a belated Happy New Year and uh, continue to thunder up. Thunder up.